You can turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Um, this is... This is the last Advent sermon. We'll start um, uh, Christmas sermons themselves. We'll have two of them uh, the next two weeks. Um, not this Sunday, but uh, New Year's Day and then, and then uh, January 8th. But what I wanted to do uh, today for the sermon before Christmas Eve is um, center us to think about what kind of rescue mission God came to accomplish. I don't think anything I'm saying today will be new. Uh, per se, but I want to find a way to help us frame the, Chris, the, the Christian story, the Christmas story, uh, the correct way, and it might help us to look at the Bible as a story instead of just a, a bunch of uh, connected Sunday school stories, but a big one, one story with a beginning, a middle, an end, uh, a conflict, uh, a resolution, an a uh, force of evil, a force of good, and a, a resolution of that. So today, I want to talk about Christmas as God's rescue mission to save us from ourselves, but not the kind of rescue that we or our brothers and sisters from Luke chapter 1, who we'll read about, uh, were expecting at the time. Um, the picture uh, here is a picture of the internet, the old uh, traffic control tower at the International Airport at Entebbe, Uganda, for reasons that'll be clear soon enough. But when we read Luke chapter one, we read Mary singing her song of joy once, um, once she learns she's going to bear the Messiah. We read Zechariah at the end of Luke chapter one, singing his song of joy once he can speak again and the boy has been born. And when you listen to what they say, everything they say is true, but because of their perspective, their timeline is off. They're expecting, they know the Messiah is come, and so they're expecting a, a violent, sudden overthrow of everything that's wrong. They're expecting things to be fixed real soon. Everything that's bad will be made good, the wicked will be punished, the righteous will be rewarded, and things will be the way they're supposed to be. The way they're supposed to be. And that's not what happens right away. And so we don't have a violent commando raid, a coup, an armed overthrow of everything that's bad and wrong. We're still dealing with everything that's bad and wrong. And so what I want us to see today uh, to reinforce in our minds is that when we celebrate Christmas, God, God's rescue mission to, to, to make all those promises come true, is that God's rescue comes in two stages. The violent overthrow of evil to be replaced by good and all of that, that we, that Mary, that Zechariah, that, that we want, that doesn't happen until Revelation 19. There's something else, there's phase one of the rescue mission happening now, happening today. And as we go through a few familiar passages from Luke 1, uh, hopefully that'll, that'll be made clear and we'll have a bigger picture of Christmas and how it slots into, into the Bible story. So let's pray and we'll, we'll dive in. Dear Lord, we come to you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love and mercy and kindness. Help us to be more faithful to you and be filled with joy as we think about you, your son, and the Christmas story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is the piano mic turned off? Thank you. We're going to start 
with Luke chapter 1. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's 80 verses long. So if, if you're feeling despair, banish the despair from your heart because things, things will be fine. But as we, look at, um, as we look at Luke chapter 1, we see Zechariah, Mary, and Zechariah again. And I just want us to see about, I want you to focus on how quickly they were expecting things to be fixed. Zechariah goes into the temple to fulfill his duty, bringing incense into the altar by the Holy of Holies. If you're a priest, you didn't get to do this very much. You're on a rotation because there's a whole bunch of other guys who are waiting their chance to do it too. So you might only do it once or twice in your whole life. So this is a big moment. You don't want to mess up. Zechariah's turn has come, and he's an elderly guy. He's been waiting a long time. And while he's in there, while he's in there, he is visited by an angel who tells him that his wife, who's elderly, they're both older, will bear a son. And this son is going to do something amazing. The son's John the Baptist. The key verse is on your screen, Luke chapter 1, verse 16. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He'll go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make way, to make ready a people prepared for, their, for the Lord. The expectation that Zechariah would get from this is things are going to happen now. They're going to happen quick. This, uh, this boy of mine is going to grow up. He's going to turn many people to God. Then the Messiah will come, and it's going to be great. Things will be good. And that's what Zechariah is waiting for. And we get to the angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, when he announces to Mary that she's going to bear the Christ child. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Listen to what he tells her and what, an, what, any, what she and any normal person would expect that that means without having any of the New Testament with us. Just what he tells her and the expectation that would bring in her heart and in the hearts of everyone who, who would hear it, any normal person who'd hear it. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel said to her, went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. If I were greeted by an angel who announced that you're, you're favored by God, I would be very terrified too. That's what she's wondering. Um, verse uh, verse uh, 31, 30. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Jesus is the Greek version of Joshua, which means God saves. Name, the name means something. It's not just a name that we give our kids because we like the name or for whatever reason. The name means something. This boy, his name means Yahweh saves. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. So God's Son is going to be born through you. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. That sounds pretty good. 
He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. All of this is great. All of the promises, they all come true. The promise to David, here he is. Everything's ready. Uh, He's going to bring in a kingdom. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Everything is going to be fine. The kingdom will never end. The expectation is an immediate, as soon as he grows up, 30 years or so. What's 30 years? Who's counting? But uh, immediate overthrow, things will be fixed, the kingdom will come. It's happening. It's happening in my lifetime, your lifetime, our lifetime. It's happening. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, Verse 35 is really important. This is how it can happen without her being married or ever having had sexual relations. This is the angel's answer. His his answer is, it'll be a miracle. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So, or therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God of God. The Son of God is the one who you're going to give birth to, and he's the one who's going to sit on the throne of his father David. His kingdom will never end, and he's not just a guy. He's God's son. That's what's going to happen. He tells her about Elizabeth. God can do anything, even Elizabeth, who's too old to have children. It doesn't mean she's Sarah's age. It means she might be in her 50s or 60s, but she's not having children. And Mary responds in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So what we're going to see in Mary's song and in Zechariah's song is all of these promises, they generate in both of them this sense of it's going to happen and it's going to happen now. What the people were expecting when Jesus came the first time is they were expecting him to come and to overthrow everything. Some sort of violent coup, an overthrow, uh, uh, a violent action that would set things right. And as a way to get this across and show the stark difference between those those two visions, I want to tell you about something that is not like what happened in the gospel story. I want to tell you about a commando operation from 1976 called Operation Entebbe. This is what this kind of amazing, violent, um, um, awful action is what Mary and Zechariah and people were expecting. The Messiah is going to come destroy enemies and he's going to set things right, like clearing every, throwing everything off a table and starting over. In June 1976, Palestinian terrorists hijacked a commercial airliner en route from Tel Aviv, Israel, to Paris. 248 passengers aboard, a group of Palestinian terrorists hijacked the plane, stormed into the cockpit, and they hijacked the plane, and they took it all the way to, um, via Athens and Benghazi, all the way to uh, the Entebbe International Airport in Uganda, which is in Central Africa, as you can see the blue, the blue bubble on your screen. What do they want? 
Their goal was to force a release of 40 Palestinian terrorists who were being held in Israeli custody. They released all the non-Jewish people from the aircraft, held 94 Jewish people back because they have their passports so they know who they are, held them back and the 12 aircrew, pilots, um, flight attendants. So they have 106 hostages. They're, um, they're holed up at the inter in a terminal in the International Airport in Entebbe, Uganda. The Israelis don't like it when their people are kidnapped and when terrorists inflict attacks upon them. They're wondering how on earth they're going to deal with this situation. They consider landing, they consider using their armed forces and doing an, some sort of amphibious landing near the international airport and securing the whole airport and securing a huge area around it and trying to free the hostages. But they decide that's not going to work. They decide some sort of commando style raid Fast, violent, surprising, shocking is what is going to do the trick. And as you think about Mary, you think about Zechariah, they're expecting something similar. Listen to what Mary says in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. Mary visits Elizabeth. She sees Elizabeth really is pregnant. The angel wasn't lying. That's a good confirmation. And she sings this beautiful a song, excuse me, and this is what it says. Listen to her expectations about how soon she expects this to happen. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. Mark, Mark, Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And now she talks about what he's going to do for all of his people. And listen to how soon she expects it to happen. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. To her... It's as though all the bad stuff is already gone. It's so certain that it's, it's like she's rejoicing like it's already here because that's how soon she expects evil to be punished and the righteous to be rewarded. He's already scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts because the Messiah is coming. It's really happening. She's going to give birth to him. He's going to grow up. He's going to fix everything. What's 30 years? In my lifetime, she thinks, this is going to happen. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. To her, it's, it's, it's like it's already happened. All of the injustice in society, wicked people do well, righteous people are crushed. All of it's going to be flipped. It's as though it's already a done deal. That's what she's singing. That's what she's saying. He's filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. All of the economic injustice, dead-end jobs where you can't get a raise and you can barely survive. Well, thank you. You can barely survive and you're struggling and you're struck. All of that is flipped. Everything's the way it should be. To her, it's done. It's over. It's, it's already happened. 
He's filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. All of those promises that we looked at the last four Advent sermons, to her, she's thinking it's all coming to a close now with this boy. All of it. It's all happening right now or within my lifetime. Not 100 years, not 200 years, not 2,000 years. It's happening soon. It's already done. Just like Christmas. It's so close, might as well be here. It's a done deal. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. She's expecting things to be fixed soon. They're all expecting a sudden, violent overthrow of bad in place of good. To go back to the situation with the hostages in Uganda, their plan, this is the airport. So if you're thinking of, the, of, a, of SeaTac, you should think again, this, this is literally the airport, very small. This is the control tower, hostages are held in one of the terminal buildings here. Their plan that they come up with, the Israeli special forces come up with, is they're going to land a C-130 cargo plane at the airport with 29 special forces personnel. They're going to disembark in a black Mercedes um, with two Land Rover escorts driving the Mercedes. The Ugandan president, the Ugandan president drives around in a black Mercedes with two Land Rovers for an escort. So they're going to they're trying to buy themselves just enough time to exit the airplane, drive to the terminal, and launch their attack in a motorcade that looks like the president's motorcade. They plan to do that, to storm the terminal, kill all the terrorists, rescue the hostages, and destroy the, all the fighter jets that are at the airport so they can't chase them when they escape in their lumbering, propeller-driven cargo plane with 112 hostages. Fast, violent, sudden, Wicked, punished, permanently, righteous, rewarded. That's what Mary's expecting. That's what Zechariah's expecting in Luke chapter, still Luke chapter 1, the last passage we'll look at in verse 67. When John the Baptist is born a few months later, he can speak again as soon as, he's, as, soon as his son is born and listen to his expectations. Verse uh, 67, his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's come to his people and redeemed them. It, it, it's already happened. He's here now, and all we're waiting for is for the bad guys to be taken out, and we're good. He has come to his people. He's already redeemed them, which is language about being rescued from slavery. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets long ago. All the promises, right now, right here, they're happening. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies, meaning rescue, will be rescued from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. All of it's happening. He's come, he's going to rescue us, he's going to make us safe, He's going to rescue us from the people who've kidnapped us and will be good. 
Verse 72, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, all the promises, they're all happening now, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. He's come. He's going to rescue us from our enemies. He's going to change us so we can serve him with good hearts, clear, clean minds, and things will be the way they're supposed to be. I won't be held back by my sin, by my bad mistakes, by my shame. I'll be fixed. You'll be fixed. The world will be fixed. We'll all be fixed. And he's come to do this right now. That's why Zechariah is so happy. Because his son is the trigger for all of this. He turns to his son in verse 76 and says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Jesus is this rising sun. I mean, the sun's already rising. It just needs to get a little further above the horizon, and then G the Messiah is going to come, fix everything, rescue us, fix us, make the community that our first parents messed up in Genesis chapter 3. It's all happening, and it's all happening right now. So Zechariah is expecting it's what everyone's expecting. To return for the last time to Entebbe, Uganda, the rescue mission was successful. They rescued all of the hostages, 112 hostages. They lost three hostages killed. Two were killed by friendly fire because they didn't. They ran into the building and screamed, uh, screamed for all the for all the all the hostages to lay on the ground. Two of them stood up instead and were shot and killed mistakenly. One was killed by terrorists. So they lost three hostages, rescued 109. One, uh, they lost one Israeli Special Forces soldier, the unit commander, who was the brother of Benjamin Netanyahu, who's soon to be the next, the, uh, the past and etern seemingly eternal prime minister of Israel. They destroyed 25% of the Ugandan Air Force on the ground by blowing up the jets on the runway so they couldn't pursue them. They fled the airport in the same cargo plane in which they came. You can, this photo's from 1994, but you can still see bullet holes from where they returned fire from soldiers who were shooting at them from the control tower. Um, they returned in the same cargo plane they landed in. The operation was over in 53 minutes. So from when they landed to when they got out after taking out all the terrorists, losing three hostages, losing one soldier, getting airborne, destroying the jets, 53 minutes from start to finish and the operation was successful. Speed, surprise, violence of action, stuff that movies are made of. That isn't the kind of, oh, you turned it off. That isn't the kind of rescue mission that Jesus came to do. That's what they were expecting. Jesus does something different. His rescue is in two phases. This phase, which is phase one, he came, he gave the good news. He, he lived. He died. He rose again for our sins. He defeated Satan. And now he's gathering a community. 
which is why he titled this sermon Operation Abraham, gathering all of the people who love him, who have Abraham's faith, gathering the community first. He rescues us, he gives us spiritual life, and now our job is to form these counter, countercultural communities about Jesus, known as churches, this church, that church, any church that loves Jesus and cares about his word that we have, to form these countercultural Jesus communities called churches, so that all the people who belong to those churches can act and live and think and be different, to be noticed, to be salty. We're supposed to be salty. And what is it about salt? You notice salt when it's there. It's salty. We're supposed to be salty people in a world that's really, really dark. Our job, while we're waiting for phase two, phase two is the commando raid. That's Revelation 19. If you want action, blood, righteous anger, wicked, punished, righteous, rewarded, Revelation 19 and 20 will do that for you. But now, our job is to subvert this world from within by showing and telling a better story. A story of Jesus and his love, a story of a child that was born and a son that was given, so that everyone who believes in him and turns from their sin, repents and turns to him for rescue will be saved and forgiven. This isn't a terror. Christians aren't supposed to be some sort of shadow terrorist insurgency. Terrorists hide in the shadows and slink away. Christians are supposed to be a polite, kind, and public kind of subversive society. Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth. Salt isn't meant to just sit by itself. It's supposed to be used with things, to preserve things, to give flavor to things. Salt announces itself. You put salt in something and you'll taste it. It's there. You are the salt of the earth. Meaning we're supposed to be in this world calling people to leave the story they're following and to join this other culture, this other colony of exiles who are waiting for Jesus to come back. Jesus didn't, when Jesus did his ministry, he didn't withdraw and head into the mountains and form a commune and isolate himself, but he also didn't bring a sword or a C-130 airplane or assault rifles to make this violent coup and kill the emperor, destroy Herod, and do this violent quick overthrow. He rescues us so we can be a missionary minority, a thorn in society's flesh, a subversive kind of counterculture while we wait for phase two to come. What Marion and Zechariah didn't know, because they, they didn't have Jesus' words, is that Operation Entebbe isn't going to happen until Revelation 19. But in the meantime, he's doing Operation Abraham, which is gathering all of the people who have Abraham's faith, whether you're Jew, whether you're Gentile, Ugandan, Israeli, or whatever. Gathering the community so that there's people waiting for him when he comes back. So as we celebrate Christmas tomorrow, we celebrate a rescue that comes in two phases. We're in phase one. Zechariah and Mary and so many of the people in the Gospels were expecting just one phase. Things are bad. Jesus comes. It's fixed. 
God calls us in phase one to be this subversive counterculture. Now, while we wait for this divine coup that Jesus will bring with him at the second advent. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to you today in Jesus' name. Help us to love you more. Help us to connect what we've heard to the Bible story. Help us to know that you're going to come back and overthrow evil and reward the righteous and establish justice. But in the meantime, you've called us out to be a missionary minority. Help us to know that. Help us not be discouraged by it. And help us to be about the business that you've given us to do while we wait for you to come back and to set things right. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.